Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. No, Bradfoe, it's just Coop and everyone else from Who Says No. Uh, we've got Gordo, we've got the Hebrew Hammer, and we've got Doc Brown. Boys, introduce yourself. What is going on, boys? Oh, come on, you could give a little bit. How was your day? How was your day? And what, what is your name, Gordo? My, my name is Gordo. I took a bus back from New York early this morning, so that, that was my day. was there for the Celtics, who uh, did not show up, but I still showed up. I showed up and showed out. Uh, we're back in Boston now. We're going to talk some socks. Yeah. Word. Word. What's up, guys? Uh, I watched the uh, Bruins last night before I went to bed, checked Pat Brown's Instagram, got motivated, woke up at 4 a.m., went to the gym, and now I'm here. Let's go. All right. Awesome. Um, glad that glad that we all got through that. Um, last time we were chatting, it was just the start of spring training. We were still just kind of like hearing and seeing new stuff. Um, some people, all uh, of them are currently a dub. Currently, Cassis just got a ribby. You know what was beautiful about that RBI single by Casas? What's that? It was a ground ball up the middle, and it went through because it was no shift. It's beautiful. Yeah, kind of like dinky little little contact, but it gets through when they're not shifting. It's nice. It's like baseball from when we were kids. All right, real quick, yeah. real quick around the horn, just like one word. Uh, thoughts on all the new rules so far. Gordo, you start. One word? I mean, imperfect, but I'm a fan. It's not one That's word. That's not one word. Okay, moving <laughs> like on, Sam. I'm a fan. Sammy, hit me with Torn. Torn is my word. Okay. I'm torn. Okay. I like some, don't like some. Pat? Um, again, that was more than one uh, word. Uh, indifferent. Okay, cool. I'm going to say good. We need to get Sammy going on his pitch clock rant because I've been seeing your tweets, Sammy. We need to have this talk. <laughs> we need to have the talk, Sammy. Hey. About the pitch yeah. clock? Sammy, I mean, kinda... hey, hey, Sammy. As your parents, we're going to need to sit down with you and have the talk about the pitch clock. I am concerned. Yeah, so we, we had the talk. My dad sat me down and he was like, listen. I don't know about the pitch clock. I, so hey, listen. I did my own research into it. Of course, um, obviously it's it's sped up right now. Um, I'm I'm well aware that it's sped up right now, and they're just enforcing it heavily. Um, I, I've resigned myself. I'm never gonna like it. I'm never gonna like a pitch clock. Coop, I think you pitched. I pitched for like 15 years. This would make me livid if I were pitching and there was a pitch clock. I understand why it's here, and I'll never like it. And I just have to be okay with that. My hope is that it doesn't change the game too much. And who, who's the guy? Pedro Baez, the guy who takes like two minutes to throw a pitch? Yeah. That I don't like. I don't like that. Nobody likes that. I do, however, enjoy the cat and mouse game. And I'm aware I'm in the minority with that. And I think we're going to lose a little bit of that um, with the pitch clock. But granted, if the goal is truly to increase the amount of viewers, I think this will help a little bit. I don't think it's going to help as much as people think. Um, but... Yeah, it's something I'm going to have to deal with. I, I I definitely don't like it. I'll never like it, like I said. Um, but, you know, to wrap it up, wrap up the rant. I, I, I was going to go on big-time rant, but then I was like... No, 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 no. I, hey, I, I'm i going to push back on, like, the cat and mouse thing. Because, like, like you said, like, I, I appreciate that type of stuff. Um, but, like, how often... And it's, like, the pitchers hitting home runs, I feel like. Like, how often do you really get one of those, like... 
we're going to have a stare off right now. Like one person standing like a foot out in the box or maybe like a pitcher just holding on the rubber. Like how often do we get like that Yasiel Puig, like Madison Bumgarner type moments like that? Like not often. Like that's why it's like the Bartolo like home run. That's why it's like Yasiel Puig and like Madison Bumgarner. Like they're recognizable moments because they just stand alone and they don't have happen that often. So like you're, you're not really losing too much. Agreed. Yeah. And, and when you asked it for our word, I said my word was torn because for example, you think back, what's the most, one of the most famous plays in Red Sox history is Dave Roberts stolen base. And part of what I think is so cool about that play is when you see Mariano Rivera come set, he looks, it's so tense. It's so tense. What was it? Three pickoffs before he went? That one, I don't know. That part, I'm not sure about that. The pickoff rule is cool, that's gonna lead to more, but that's a different conversation. Anyway, yeah. Just like the, the when he's holding the ball and you can hear a rat take a piss inside of Fenway because it's so tense, and then boom. So I know I'm not going to be missing too much in terms of quantity, but quality is what I'm... So I counter with that where I look at, like I'm trying to look at like this as like a shot clock. Like you're now working with like both the pitcher and the catcher dynamically like trying to now offset the other. Because you know that teams are going to try and get tricky with it. Um, who who were what, did, was it? Uh, Snecker? He had said like we need to like focus on the pitch clock and not the catcher after the Red Sox uh, like walked it off or tied it off. You could say in a, was it a Bach tech? The I, clock off. Yeah, I don't know what we're calling it. Whatever. Um, but like the fact that he mentioned like the catcher in that situation where, okay, so like what are the Red Sox now doing to try and distract like hitters or try and like offset their timing? Yeah. Um, so it's now creating like another like element of chess that is like people love about baseball. And um, like it's a force to look at it that way. But I think like you get down to like the World Series and you have that like all right the like the batter and the pitcher are now having like this like jousting match of like who can offset the other while also trying to be like have a productive at bat or have like a productive like sequence of like pitching um so like that's my that's me romanticizing against that the new cat that's and mouse yeah. in baseball can i ask you guys good. a question that i have about the pitch clock Go for I, want, it. I would love to hear everyone's input yes. so um, like I mentioned, um, I'm not sure if uh, Pat and Goro, if you guys were pitchers or position players, but Coop and I, I'm pretty sure we're pitchers. And the first thing I thought um, when I saw the pitch clock is like, holy crap, these guys are going to get hurt. Like they're going to be like rushing the mechanics and bad mechanics is what leads to shoulder and arm injuries. And I know there wasn't much evidence for that in the minors last year, but I feel like over time, that's something that could pick up and um eric sim the juco baseball king apologies if i got that nickname wrong he had a really nice like quick i think it was even a tiktok it was like 30 seconds long and he explained like why he has that same concern which was kind of nice because uh felt a little crazy bringing that up but it was nice to see someone have the same concern so um yeah just wanted to hear what you guys think do you think it'll lead to more injuries or or no I'm actually surprised that you said because that's something I thought about too. I'm surprised that you said that there wasn't evidence of that in the minors because I figure if the if the 
lack of tack and sunscreen and all that stuff can lead to injuries. You'd think that something like this could, but you would think at a minimum, it would lead to decreased velocity. Like a lot of these guys need to build up that strength in between their pitches to get that triple digit gas. Maybe, I mean, I think that's part of their hope is that this something like this leads to increased offense. I think everything they're doing is trying to yep. lead to more balls in play, limiting the strikeouts. And I think, I don't know, but I, I don't know what the minor league stats say on that, but I, I find it hard to believe that the strikeout numbers and the velocity numbers can stay where they've been at the last few years with this. Yeah, I think velocity probably dips just because the sheer turnaround between pitches. I think velocity dips. And then the other thing too is I wonder if this will have a kind of an effect on like guys who are getting roughed up a little bit. You have no time to compose yourself. Like you can't walk around the mound, take a breather, get back on the mound. Might help. You're literally, yeah, you're you're literally, if you're getting shelled, getting the ball back on, back on. Obviously there's still mound business and stuff, but I'm curious to see how velocity and like just composure yeah. is affected by like the quick turnaround. I believe they've already said that. Um, or at least one team had come out and said that they're predicting like a four per like four to five percent mile per hour like down tick in the average like speed. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's I what guess they're accounting for. What I come back to is if the goal is to increase offense, and let me preface this: I've never liked change in anything in life. I always get all uncomfortable when there's change. So. Every time there's a new rule, I'm always going to initially be against it. I'm, and I get that. That's a flaw I have. But if we want to increase offense, we've already limited the shift and made the bases bigger. And we have the pickoff rule. And I think there's a new Bach rule as well. Like, that's a lot. And now we have the pitch clock. So maybe what I'm thinking is all these rules at once is a little jarring. And of course, everyone says the same thing. You'll get used to it. Of course, eventually. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. So... Um, I'm willing to, I really don't have a choice. I'm willing to wait and see how it goes, but um, I, I really do like the new rules. The pitch clock is the only one I'm a little so-so on. And, you know, I have my reasons. I know I'm in the, the vast minority here, but it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. And I, I hope I'm dead wrong. I just think this could be really interesting because it's going to change the way that people can watch the game. Like so many times I'm making dinner I'm, I'm such a psychopath with this. Like I, I'm making dinner and like I'm stirring the pot and I run in to see the pitch and then I run back into the kitchen to like keep doing whatever in the kitchen. And I tried to do that tonight and I and it wasn't working because I would miss a pitch because they're going so much quicker with the pitch clock. Like you're not going to be able to look down at your phone as much. And like, and you could say that's a good or a bad thing. Like I like to look up, I like to go on baseball savant stuff when the game's on. Like I'll probably still be able to do stuff like that, but it is going to change things. I, I just think that overall for the game, just in terms of its overall popularity over time, I think it's going to be a good thing. You just push the actions closer together. Like the same amount of actions are happening. They're just happening closer together. And the thing's going to, the product's going to look a little, a little bit different to start. But like you said, Sammy, I think we're going to get used to it. And in the end, I think we're going to be thankful for it just because it's the same amount of action and it's all happening in two and a half hours. That just means we're more stimulated as fans. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Nice. And on that note, who do we think uh, we've seen some guys come in so far. We've seen some guys come out. Um, Let's kind of like talk about like what's been the biggest names you think of camp or how, I mean, when I texted you guys like, 
basically I was just kind of like pick a a topic that you guys want to talk about. How does it relate to the roster? So um, I don't know, Pat, hit us with what you got first. I'll just say what I said in the group chat right before we started. I think it's kind. Of, it took me by surprise to hear Cora say that the guy who kind of jumps off the page so far in spring training was Big Maple James Paxson. I think most guys probably slotted him in, maybe back end, maybe lefty relief. But then the core come out and pretty much say that um, he's like standing out in camp. I, I, that really throws a wrench into the kind of projected rotations from like just fans in general, media outlets. I'll be curious to see how that affects guys like Bayo, Whitlock, maybe Pavetta. I hope not, but maybe Pavetta. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I actually think like this could mean Bayo starts in AAA. I know people hate that. I don't like it either. But I mean, if Paxson's healthy, he's probably in the rotation. He's a starting pitcher. My thing is, a lot of people want Pivetta out of the rotation. I think he absolutely has to be in the rotation. He's the only guy who's giving you length and doesn't have big injury concerns. I know he's sick right now, but that's not an injury. So. The Paxton thing's interesting. It's a little bittersweet because of the Bayo thing, but man, if that guy's healthy and anywhere near what he used to be like, what's it, four million? Oh my god, that's awesome. So, um, it's good news, and I agree with what you said, Pat. And with the Bayo thing, not necessarily all bad because you can kind of ramp him up into like the MLB season. Because I mean, he had his woes when he started off last season, so I can imagine you, you know a fresh start in cold weather. I'm sure that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, you know, like not necessarily true, not ne- like, you know, but I would rather see him kind of like ramp his way up into uh, his, his MLB season. Totally. Yeah. And you got to remember he's, he's behind schedule. He had that forearm thing. I know he's throwing now, but I don't know when we're going to see him face hitters in a real spring training game. Like, I think it's just such a luxury because they get to take it slow with him. You don't have to worry about, oh, if Bayo's not ready for opening day, we, we have to go to a rookie who's never thrown a big league game. He's going to have to throw in, in cold April for his major league debut, and that can be really stressful. Like You've got seven guys who are ready to go. Like They're going to build Tanner Houck up as a starter, and hopefully he makes maybe one, two starts, and then they can unleash him as a weapon out of the bullpen. But mm-hmm. I think it's just such a, such a luxury with how they've built this team that you don't have to rush a guy like Whitlock, who Cora said is probably not going to start the season with the team. You, you don't have to rush a Brian Bale. Like you can roll your next five guys out, and you've got five big league starting pitchers still. You know, most other teams, if two of their better young arms go down, like they're in a hole to start the season. But that's not necessarily the case here, assuming that you know Nick Pavetta, who I I think I read today is going to face a big league team next week in spring training. They'll have five guys healthy to go. Yeah, and I think a big storyline that the national media, maybe not as much the local media, the storyline the national media, in my opinion, is kind of missing is uh, we got depth, which is something we didn't have last year. And that's, a like you said, a nice luxury. We can handle these injuries, and we can almost turn them into a positive with Bayo, ramping them up, as Coop said. Um, not great with Pavetta, being a little behind schedule, but like I said, depth, it's a nice luxury. All right, sweet. And Sammy, what did you bring to the table? My question is, who's the leadoff hitter? 
And again, lots of options. It's a nice luxury, something that people are missing. This team has a lot of utility. So yeah, who do you guys think is let's let's assume I believe Gibson or Kramer is gonna be starting for Baltimore on opening day, two righties. I don't think means is slated to start, but let's assume it's a righty. Who do you guys want leading off? Well, they've already ruled out Yoshida, correct? More or less. They ruled him out, but it sounds unlikely now. Okay. I got a I got an obscure pick. It's Justin Turner lead off. Ooh. Why him? Lefty, high OBP. Saves you Devers and Massa for some combination of two, three, four. Okay. Did you see the uh, the Twitter smoke about um, Verdugo today? How he and his brother discussed it in the offseason. He said he's open to it. So he looks slimmer. So I don't know if I think, didn't Cora try that in 2020, if I'm not mistaken? 2019. Yeah. Was he getting lead off when before. he like, like came out of like the like spring training like really hot? I don't know oh, if I you remember. Either. Like he, it's I think he had like a th- two home run or like three, not a three home run game, but he like went off in a series. I remember like very early on in the season. I think he was number two. Didn't he bat second for a while? And he was really hot in the two hole. It was like, oh, yeah. who was batting first? I can't. Remember. I know when I know when Kike was out for a little bit in I think it was twenty one. Verdugo was kind of like the first guy they tried to plug in at the uh, top of the lineup. So. The issue with that is, and, and maybe not an issue because we're assuming we're facing a righty on opening day. Do you want, you're going to have to have two lefties back to back at some point. Do you want them on the top of the order where you think like, okay, cool. If a lefty comes in, these guys are so talented that they could handle a lefty. Or do you want the back to back lefties at the bottom of the order where you can mix and match? That's what I'm thinking. I think ideally, when you go with the back-to-back lefties, you have one who has a good track record of hitting lefties, and that's why I would be okay with Verdugo being one of those two lefties that ends up going back-to-back. Okay. Because he's, I think, the career over he's uh, he was beginning last year, obviously still is, but he was a career like over three hundred guy against lefties. Sweet, Gordo, what do you think, yeah. Verdugo or someone else? So just to go back to your other question about stacking the lefties, I think my one, the one thing I don't want is for them to stack a lefty with Devers. Just because I want Devers to be surrounded with two righties. So if you've got righty, Devers, righty, you basically have to pick, if you're, if you're throwing a reliever out there, you got to throw a righty at Devers or you got to throw a lefty at two righties. Mm-hmm. But So I, th- I think to start the season, I would probably take it slow with these guys like, you could throw Verdugo into the mix, and I, I think long-term he's who I think would be the best leadoff hitter. Um, but for opening day, I think I would just keep it simple with Kike and just see, let things kind of play out, you know, kind of like people are saying with the whole who's going to be the leader of this team. Like, just let it happen. If someone gets off to a hot start, you keep mixing and matching that leadoff spot, see who succeeds, and just roll it with that. So you'd go Kike, Devers, Turner, Yoshida? That's exactly okay. what I like. Yeah. yeah, so I, I like that. That's Verdugo I like in a vacuum, but I think the way you put it with having two righties next to Devers where it's like, all right, do you want a lefty facing two righties or do you want a righty facing Devers? That's a nice weapon to have late in the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then when it gets to the bottom of the order and you got the two lefties back-to-back, that's when you unleash the ref 
and have Ref Snyder come in and blast a 450-foot bomb onto Lansdowne. I love it. Unleash the Ref. The Ref. Are you going to become a Ref Snyder's biggest fan this season? Just like his, just become like the number one supporter. So that game that the Red Sox played where Verdugo hit the walk-off against the Yankees, um, that was, I went to that game. That was the best game I went to all last year. And Ref Snyder hit a home run. I was above first base. And I vividly remember he hit that ball so friggin' hard. I could never in a million years hit a ball half that hard. And I remember it like it was slow motion, just the ball flying onto the street and everyone being like, Oh my God, that poor baseball. So I do like Ref Snyder for that one isolated it's moment. He's daddy. a cool dude. Ref Daddy, he's a former Yankee, which makes it a little satisfying. Yeah. He lost 12 yeah. today. Uh, so, Gordo, I like your lineup, but what would you say to Yoshida batting second? I would be open to it, but the only issue with it is then you have Devers batting for it. Yeah. Assuming, I mean, it's so weird because, like, at winter weekend, Cora said, yeah, like, Yoshida Devers, one, two, like, hit him in the mouth right away. And now he's very defensive of, or what's the right word? He, he just doesn't want them hitting back-to-back. He doesn't want them hitting one and two. So if you're going to spread them out, I would either go Yoshida one, Devers three, or Devers two, Yoshida four, just because I want to maximize those at-bats for Rafi. Seems like he's very dead set on Devers in the two hole. That was the theme all last year, and I think that he mentioned he mentioned it in some capacity. So, um, I think you're on with Devers two, Turner three, someone he did three. Say something about wanting Turner behind Devers too, but I just he's he has said so much so much stuff about the lineup, and he has thrown so many different lineups out there so far this spring like there is nothing we but i mean i will you be surprised if that's how it ends up being this season i mean last season how many different lineups did we see last year many many but you know what's you know what's interesting is that's such a double-edged sword because i remember in 2021 i watched a lot of john boy back then and what he would say every time is i'm so jealous of the red sox they were all the same lineup every day and they dominate. They just roll out the same lineup, and they hit every time. It's and not like, going to be that this year. Yeah, it's not going to be like that this year. Definitely not. So, Mm-mm. yeah, it's tough. It's a tougher job for Cora, for sure. So, good one for him. By the way, I don't want to be that guy. Imagine if we had Xander batting third. Oh, Sammy, what are you doing? Oh, I can't. I can't not think about it, dude. It's such a. It's such an elephant in the room. It's like, oh, we need a good right-handed number three bat. The so, amount of what ifs that have been generated in the last what two to three years, so many. Did you guys so see much. that picture? Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, no, we don't need to. We're not. <laughs> I I don't want to. I don't want to go there. And if we do go there, I'm cutting it out in post. So that's just how <laughs> that's gonna go. We're not talking about that picture. Um, weird pick, Gordo. Your last one, right? Yes, and this is relevant because oh, th- thank you for making your topic relevant. It would be it would okay, be terrific it, podcast. How bold of you? How bold of you, Gordo? Listen, it was relevant before, but it's extra relevant because you just went deep. I want to talk Tristan Casas. Ooh, fingernails. All right, he went deep. He went deep. And yeah, then, and then okay. two pitches later, Bobby took one off off the wall and right almost almost went back to back. It's going to be tough during the regular season. <laughs> but, 
Did you guys see I, I, his fingernails quote? That's the kind of what I want. I want to get into uh, into that, and I want to get into the whole tanning in the outfield and napping in, in the clubhouse. I want to know where you guys each stand on that. Where do you stand with the veterans last year stepping in and telling them about how it's done? I just want to hear a whole jumble of your thoughts on it. Did, did any of you read Homegrown by Alex Spear? Yes. Okay, the 2013 core did the same thing to the 2018 core. It's kind of like the life cycle of baseball players. It's just like you got to uh, – it's so – like I love baseball, and here I am complaining like, oh, we got a pitch clock now. I'm such an old man. And now I'm playing the other side of the coin where I'm like, these old players got to let the young guys do their thing. I, I think it's just part of like – the culture of the game. I think it's fine. I think it's cool. I like that Casas is different. The fingernails, whatever, man. If you got a problem with that, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, he's painting his fingernails. You know who painted their fingernails? Chuck Liddell when he was the UFC champion. So I got no problem with it. I think it's cool. He can sunbathe with his shoes off in the outfield all he wants. As long as he's producing, I do not care. So, yeah, I... I feel like it was kind of blown out of proportion because I feel like there's always stories every couple of years about like veterans and rookies, like kind of button heads or whatever. The same thing happened when Freddie went to uh, LA after he left. It came out that he and Acuna like didn't get along. He told Acuna like, that's not Braves baseball. You can't be selfish. You can't be flashy. Cause he had like the, he had the bands on the arm and the sunglasses, like all this stuff. And it all comes out after the guys leave. I, I don't think it's, I think it's overblown just because we're kind of in a little bit of turmoil. But I think it's pretty, like, standard from team to team. Yeah, it, I, it didn't really matter. I, Especially with that team already. Like, if that was a winning team and he came in, and if it was bothering them that much, they would have put an end to it. He kept doing it. And, like, even, like, even though that it was just kind of like, yeah, he went up onto, like, the sun deck or whatever and ended up doing that, like... That was probably Cassis being like, oh, well, like, I'll do it, like, away from the scene. And that's how it gets taken care of. Like, that's, that is how things get handled in, like, the professional world. We're not ball players. It get, gets handled in a different way, you know, like, instead of Barbara, like, tip-tapping away on her keyboard super loud, like, they're gonna, gonna go to HR and be like, this is an itch issue. They're gonna give Barbara the little silicon, like, keyboard over it and that's how it gets handled in this case with the red Sox, it's tristan Cassis just going up onto the sun deck and doing it up there like yeah it's not a huge right. deal i got a cardinal sin of radio slash podcasting what's up who who do we think was complaining um well cotillo confirmed that it wasn't rich hill and that yeah. would have been my first which, guess which is awesome to hear yeah local matt barnes I heard um, someone I could on the team. I could hear it being him. Yeah. Who is Did you see his comments today? Yeah, dude, he sucks. This is like a this is like a really yeah. bad like breakup where like one side cares way too much and like one side is trying to like make a fight out of it and it's just like You're no talking about Barnes? Yeah. 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 That was kind of like I get it. I get why he's upset like you make it to the top, you fall off, and then you're working your way up, and they tell you, like, no. Nah. I get why he's pissed, but, like, 
what are you doing airing that publicly? There's nothing, there's nothing good that's going to come. You're not going to have a bunch of Miami Marlins fans rallying behind you, all 10 of them. You're going to get booed to death now at Fenway. It's going to be awful. So um, he gains nothing from that. I think it's a bad look. I get it, but keep it to yourself. That's bad, bad look. Yeah. Yeah, it's also like I feel like you're more than welcome to do it right after the fact. Like they DFA'd you. It's not even like they just traded you. They DFA'd you too. So I get it right, right off the bat. But it's been what? It's been over a month now, right? That happened in January. We're almost through February. Yeah, probably. I would say probably about a month ago. Yeah. yeah. And he's like oh, yeah. tiptoeing around it. Like if you're really upset, like say it with your chest. Like let's hear it. Like he's kind of like, like you said, it's like a bad breakup. And he's like, well, actually, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, say it. If you're upset, say it. We, we, we'll sympathize. I get it. Like I've been told no before, not this magnitude, but we get it. I, I, I just don't like the... The one foot in, one foot out. Like, no, I don't hate them, but like, yeah. On, and, and like the thing that doesn't help is that you you didn't perform to your contract. Like, That's if you perform to your contract, I'd be a little bit more sympathetic, and like I wouldn't mind you whining as much. But like, yeah. if you just came, like you said, if you just came out and said it, like, and like this is the one time I'm gonna say it. I don't mess with Heim. I don't think what he's doing is best for the organization. As someone that grew up in New England. I understand right. what this organization should be going for, and he's not it. That's one way to do it. Yeah, but you're not I doing like that, and think... like you're now being like a little b about it. Like, yeah. and I don't know, dude. Nut up, nut up, and be a man. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, there's like zero accountability on his end. Like, you were the one who signed that contract. You were the one who, oh, I'm going to be the closer. I want to be the closer. Happy to be at Boston. As soon as that pen hit paper, he simply forgot how to play baseball. He was atrocious. It's not like he we cut the cord on like a cheap contract, like clubhouse favorite guy who's been here, like whatever. You signed a two-year contract extension. You were supposed to be the closer. You were the one who talked a big game, and you didn't back it up. You can't get mad when you pay the price of not performing to what is expected. Like, there's zero accountability on his end. There, not once has he said. I didn't perform as good, as well so, as I could have. I didn't perform up. Do to my you think contract. this roster move shows Heim and like the way that like kind of like Matt Barnes is talking about it? Does it show that Heim is kind of prioritizing this like younger core and will be more likely to hold on to them rather than you know keep some of these older guys? Not really even older guys, like middle tier guys. Like I mean, that's why he's going after these like one to two year contracts because he can easily just shuffle them around now. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, like, I think on paper this team can be a good team, but I think he's also kind of has like a built-in like safety button because all these guys are on rental yeah. contracts, they're on one two-year deals. Mm-hmm. So if this goes down the drain this year, they don't perform as well as they could have. He has a ton of flippable pieces, and you still get to hold on to all those guys that you truly want to keep around, like the Whitlocks, the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Cassis, because you eventually do want to tie him up. He wants to be tied up. Yeah, he just, the whole thing was just adding on the margins. But like with safety in mind, like the team on paper right now is fine. Like it's, it's not a bad team. It's not a bad no. team. That being said, if it turns out to be a bad team, Kluber, Turner, half the bullpen, like you have guys you can just flip out and just gear up for next year. While main, while keeping the Whitlocks, the Hawks, the Casas, the Devers, obviously. Yeah, and, and to uh, to kind of like uh, 
backtrack a bit about the national media. Um, big video came out today. Talk about John Boy again. And uh, I forget which host it was. One of the hosts on John Boy said, the Red Sox seem like they don't have a plan. I couldn't disagree with that more. I think it's very, very obvious what the plan is. They're going with the young guys. They're doing the short deals with the I believe that was Ploof, correct? I was listening to that podcast today. It was Ploof. Ploof, who's great, by yeah. the way. Nothing against John Boy. I know they're Yankees. It's guys, actually a very, know. very good episode and a very good look into the Red Sox from like the outside perspective. Because like, we live in a like a microcosm here of, uh, you know, we're in our bubble. Yeah, like we we hear what we hear. Like both sports stations are saying the same thing. Most papers are all saying the same thing right now. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear some outside perspective, especially on the Red Sox. Uh, would recommend yeah. people listening to that, even though they're not, you know, part of the company. No free ad. No, I agree. It's, no free ads, but it, free it was, ad. Also, it was a good ads. episode. Also, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard the Red Sox portion of it, and and I agree. Honestly, I agree with most of it. I don't think they'll come in last. I would say fourth, maybe third. But um, to say they don't have a plan is asinine to me. It's like you very clearly see what they're doing. They've even kind of told you we want to extend the young guys: Casas, Whitlock, Hauk, uh, Bale, all these guys. Would you Devers not say though that the trade deadline made it a little sloppy though? The trade deadline made it, it sloppy. It was slopping them up. Biggest, I would say that is the, in my opinion, the biggest black eye on Heim's tenure in the, with the Red Sox was last. I don't get. Yeah, what you, could doing, but, you could say that. You could say. But we're far removed from that. that it's too. a lot different now. JD, like, why didn't we trade him for any? Eovaldi, Xander, anything, anything would have given JD. Uh, JD's awesome, but like. It has nothing to do with JD. That team was never going to sniff the playoffs. Like, come on, you're delusional if you thought they were. And I, I don't know how you don't get under the luxury tax and probably hurt us more than we're even aware of. But back to the original point, there's clearly a plan. They're going with the youth movement and they're keeping the old guys on for short term just so we can contend for the time being. And then we'll turn it over and bada bing, bada boom. And then to add on to that, I think in a couple of years, like there, there's a reason they're signing these guys to such short-term deals. Like in a couple of years, like they want guys like Tristan Casas and Whitlock and Bayo, all these guys to be in their primes. The next, the next wave of young guys will come up and they'll have a bunch of financial flexibility with all of these one and two year deals coming off the books. Have you guys seen the starting pitching market in each of the next two years? Julio Urias. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him to me. I read about it today. In an article by Boston Sports Gordo. Oh, oh, oh! Let me go find some of these names for you guys. It is that boy's literate. While while you're looking, to to your point, exactly. It's very clear. There's a plan. Do you agree with it or not? Doesn't matter. There's a plan. So that that part, I was like, are you kidding me? No plan. If you don't agree with it, like I said, that's fine. But there's a plan. Look at the staff right now. Like you've got. Whitlock, who's cheap, Bayo, who's cheap, Hauk, who's cheap, and everyone else is on one or two-year deals. This offseason, the upcoming free agent pitchers, Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer has a player option, Julio Arias, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, Jordan Montgomery, Frankie Montas. Next oh, year, Zach that. Wheeler, Tyler Glasnow. Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Pablo Lopez, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff. That's just the next two years. That's crazy. It's a shame the Red Sox have no plan and have no clue what they're going to do. 
like they're the, the 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 one pattern has just been they have maintained flexibility so that when the team is ready to make that plunge and make that push from playoff team to championship team they'll be ready to do it like they spend money the payroll is there right now it's just on one year deals it's just on guys that you don't think are super long term staples because they're not because they're just kind of like I hate to use the term bridge year, but they're sort of just oh, bridging. Oh, it's a big time bridge year. Big yeah, time it's a bridge year. Huge bridge year. It's oh, a bridge year. <laughs> hey, let's, let's end it on this note. It's it's a bridge year. It's a bridge we year. We can have it's fun a on a bridge. A there are some yeah. great bridges out there. Listen. It's a Golden Gate bridge. bridge here. Great time. Centerville, Cape Cod, all the kids jump off the bridge yeah. into the lake. Bridges are fun. But let's also be realistic here. There, there are some pretty underwhelming bridges as well. You know, the one that you know takes you from Hanover to Hanson, uh, Route 14, I believe. Um, underwhelming bridge. bridge. It happens, yeah. but it's a bridge. 2013. Uh, we gotta understand it's a bridge. a bridge. Have you been to uh, San Francisco, Coop? Uh, I have been. I have been. You got the Coop, Golden Gate Bridge, which is beautiful. And you have the Bay Bridge, which is like, ugh. Don't, we're hey, kind of, we're, we want to be on the Golden Gate. The Bay Bridge is really long, and I dig that. So, But it's like bland. Okay. A lo- long, dude. We want shorter games. Shorter. That's Golden true. Gate. That's we're the true. Golden Gate Red Well, let's just settle on size. Doesn't matter. <laughs> size doesn't matter. Then why do we got a pitch clock and constantly talking about how great short games are? <clears throat> anyway. Sure. <laughs> Shut up, Boomer. Take All right. Away, Coop. All right. Um, so that's it. Any last thoughts? Any Gordo? Any last thoughts? Final thoughts? Plug anything? Nah, I, I don't want to plug. I just want to say. All right, say, cool. Uh, Sammy, you wanna? Here. Sammy, you got anything to plug? <laughs> Nothing to plug. No, Go cool. Ahead. Pat, Pat, uh, anything to plug? I'm not involved enough to plug right. anything. Uh, it's been a great episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh... We're John, baby. Go, Alfonso. That'll be it. Talk to you next week.